your prayer life, which of those illustrations is most like how you are with God? Maybe you've not even got that connection. The phone's dropped off the red crumbling box. Or maybe you feel that perhaps you have that instant access and God speaks to you and and you speak to God. Or maybe somewhere in the middle. Maybe it's a little bit like this kind of telephone. Have you seen those, the tin cans? And you have a bit of string. Have you tried them? They kind of work, don't they? A little bit kind of woolly in the connection. And in that bit of string, you know, it's not really ideal, is it? But you can get some kind of access, some kind of communication. I mean, that that lad there is, he's like that, isn't he? He's like that. He's kind of trying to cut out all of the kind of interference. He's in a park, I think, with it, isn't he? He's trying to hear what people are saying, what his friend's saying on the other side of the tin can. Perhaps we're a little bit more like that, somewhere in between the two in our connection with God. Andrew said to me, when he told me to do this theme, he said to me that we need to remind some of the people who've been to church more recently and perhaps haven't been here for so many years um, about teaching, about prayer. So I'm going to repeat one slide. Let's have the next slide. To give you some hints about prayer. Now I used this before. So the observant amongst you might remember Others probably don't remember at all, um, but I've changed the picture. It was a snake last time. This is some teaching about prayer to give you some kind of basics about what good prayer is. And in that picture, if you can't see it, there are different S's, okay? The S's of prayer, which was S for snake or, or S for little baubly things. Anyway, good prayer is these different sorts of S's. I'll read them just to give the introduction to know quite how long I'll go on for, although there are other slides. Prayer is simple, small, sincere, specific, stubborn, and satisfied. You may kind of remember some of those. Do you remember that melty heart thing that we did? The ice thing. Andrew was up all night. Anyway, but that, that was just reminding you of that teaching before. But for those of you who weren't there, which is brilliant, there's a number of people who weren't here at that stage. Um, I just want to go over these, these, these points just to give you some kind of teaching about prayer, that kind of basic teaching. Good prayer, according to Rachel Hickson, who wrote this book, and I nick these things from, good prayer is simple. You know, sometimes when people pray, they pray kind of elaborate, kind of poetic sort of stuff, and you, it's quite difficult to engage with. Usually, unless you are a poetic kind of person, your prayer can be quite simple. You can say, please help me, God, and that is a good prayer. Prayer can be good if it is simple, and I think generally that's the best way to be. Matthew 6, 7, Jesus said, don't babble like the hypocrites because they think they will be heard because of their many words. Why use loads of words? <laughs> Sorry, preached myself. Why use loads of words? Well, a few would do. Moving on then quickly. Number two is small. Prayer is small. Now, I struggled with this. Rachel Hickson, I read her book a couple of times. But what she was saying was, prayer isn't just for big people nothing to do with dimensions and chocolate and salad. What I mean is, prayer is for adults, prayer is for teenagers, prayer is for small people. And it was brilliant that Ron prayed for junior church as they went out, but junior church prayers are as good as ours. I'm sorry if you don't think that is right, but kids' prayers, little people's prayers are brilliant as much as prayers of older people and middle-aged people are also really important to God. So prayer can be good, prayer can be small 
There is an illustration that I used last time about how this brilliant preacher um, who has a great big entourage called Reinhold Bonker, that's his name. They always have names like that. But anyway, Reinhold Bonkers, um, it is actually, it really is his name. But Reinhold Bonkers, um, one of his um, entourage's granddaughter was praying for somebody and I shared this with you before, but and when it was that she prayed for somebody for healing and she was only about four or five, that was the point at which they were healed. God uses small people and medium-sized people for prayer and he wants all of us at whatever age we are to pray. Prayer should be sincere. Don't make out with God that you're different from what you are because to be honest you may kid some people but God is not fooled. He knows what you're thinking, so you might as well say what you're thinking. Why are you trying to be something that you're not? In the Bible, Jesus talks about this when he talks about the Pharisee and the tax collector. Do you remember the prayer that the Pharisee said? I thank you, Lord, that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, and adulterers. I fast twice a week, give a tenth of all I get, etc. You can imagine the sort of prayer. Thankfully, Ron, you didn't do that this morning, did you? Thankfully, I'm not like all these people here. I'm wonderful. That's not a good prayer, okay? What is good is sincere, is being what you are before God, because God knows. God is not fooled. Good prayer is specific. Sometimes we pray all around the houses, don't we? We don't actually ask God for anything particularly, or we don't say anything specific to God. We kind of have loads of flannel of prayer, vague, woolly prayer. We need particularly at times, to target prayer. We were up, weren't we, praying for junior church in the prayer room before um, junior church, and um, when we were before the service. And we were praying. It was brilliant. We'd, we'd already prayed that there would be children coming to junior church, and we've had a lot more children coming to junior church. But we decided, well, I decided, that we needed to be a bit more specific about praying for leaders for those children that we actually have coming to junior church. We didn't think this one through, did we? We have children, particularly when the summer away at half term, particularly when everybody's back from school. We have children, but we need more leaders, more teachers. And we're going to pray about that. Now, if any of you actually feel led to be involved in that, speak to one of us later. Be specific in prayer. I believe that if you aim at nothing, you will get it. Also be stubborn with prayer. Persistent. Keep on keeping on. Luke 18 talks about the persistent widow nagging the unjust judge. And that's an illustration about prayer. They say that how much more will God give things to us because he is just, he is loving. We need actually to keep on praying and keep on asking God stuff because he will listen to our prayers. We also finally, for this bit, need to be satisfied. I think that's words actually used because it's an S. But what it means is enjoy it. Enjoy prayer. Do you enjoy prayer? I love it. I love to have time to actually pray and, and actually come before God. You know, that, that sometimes people are kind of a bit miserable. Oh dear. It is a really a habit that they don't, perhaps don't really want to get into. Prayer should be enjoyable. Sometimes you do feel a little bit like you're praying to the ceiling. But prayer should be that kind of time of relaxing and being in the presence of God. Taking time to be out with the best friend ever. So then, at the beginning, to recap, don't worry, I went to this all the way through. To recap, at the beginning, we talked about judges, or judge, outlawing prayer, okay? So if you pray, you are a rebel. Well, certainly in a council meeting. 
But also, talking of that crime prevention, let's go on to this next one. Rachel Hickson may have her S's of prayer, but I've got the CID of prayer, okay? Not the criminal investigation department, but prayer as... Oh, you've got it there. Great. Communication, involvement, and devotion. Let's go on to the next one. God wants to communicate with us, and he wants us to communicate with him. I think a really good example of this is a reading. We have got to the point of the reading, Rachel. Here we are. Brilliant. Good. This reading talks about that real closeness and that real communication between God and one of his people. David, I think it was. The reading is Psalm 139, verses 1 to 18. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, behind and before you have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. I think that's a brilliant psalm, kind of expressing that kind of closeness, that intimacy that that psalmist, David, I assume, had with God. That kind of... I suppose it's not like God just being alongside him. It's almost like God being in his head, isn't it? That that God's actually with him intimately and and he really knows that he's with him wherever he is, right on the inside. I think the best illustration, when we're talking about telephones, I think the best illustration of that is the next one. That kind of whisper in your ear. Who here has got an iPod type thing? I've got a shuffly sort of thing. I realise that it doesn't click in and you can't share it with everybody else, but I've got a shuffle and I've done, and I've told you before, the Bible with Brian. Brian Harding. He's got this lulling kind of American accent and I sit there with Brian in my ear. Now what I do, you may have seen me with these things dangling around my head, okay, I've mentioned this before, but if I'm around Asda and I ignore you, it's because I'm listening to Brian, okay? But really I'm actually listening to the word of God, because it's right there in my ear. And I think that's a wonderful illustration about, I mean obviously clearly they're all in a different world in that picture, aren't they? They've got their iPods on, maybe their shuffles, I don't know, and they're listening, aren't they, to music, but it's a bit like kind of God being in your head, there's a song about that, isn't it? God being in your head and, and in your understanding, and, and you know, that kind of idea that that 
in a sense, that communication is intimate, it's personal. God goes with you and is with you and takes you to that different place. And with that, when I've been listening in my ear to the Bible, that almost, it's almost like the predominant voice in my world, like I'll be crossing the road. I have to take, when I come down to church with it in, I have to take one out of my ear, otherwise I will get run over, and that's not good. But it's like the predominant voice in, my, in the world, and, and if anybody else talks to me, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not really listening. And that's because God's actually within and actually listening and hearing to him. Some people, their relationship with God is like this, that as they walk around, there is that presence, there's that inner Holy Spirit within them. And that's something, if you don't feel that, that's something that you can actually ask for. You can pray that God's Holy Spirit, and if you don't know how to do it, ask me afterwards, or Ron or somebody afterwards, that pray that God's Holy Spirit will come into your life, into your heart. And that will be like having God on your own personal iPod shuffle. God within you and helping you, guiding you each day. The problem is, not so many Christians are like that. A lot of Christians, for God to hear them, are more like this next picture. Do you know, do you have times when for God to actually get through, he has to use a megaphone? Have you ever had that? And, you know, sometimes he, he almost like thwacks you with a kind of a finger of God because he's just not listening. That inner ear is just not there, you've popped it out. But sometimes we're like that. Sometimes we're shouting at God and shouting so loud we can't hear him. Or sometimes God has to really bellow at us to actually get through to us. Is that something like your prayer life at times? I don't think that's a really very healthy relationship, is it? That's more like a kind of a, a Jeremy Kyle kind of relationship where one's shouting, the other's shouting, they're taking the chairs, they're going further and further away. We don't want to be like that with God, do we? We do not want to have that kind of relationship. We want to be in a place where we actually enjoy being in the presence of God. One reason I like prayer is because I'm actually naturally nosy. I don't know if any of you, I mean, I have a real habit of nosiness. I like to know stuff, okay? And I like to know I'm nosy for what God is doing. Are you nosy for what God is doing? And I actually want to listen and hear him. And I kind of want to hear what he's doing, and then I want to get stuck in with what he's doing. And I can see the most kind of communications, the best communications parallel, thinking about this, is this next one. Do you love to see what God's doing? Does anybody do Twitter? There you go. You see, it's a generational thing. None of us, over the age of 40 perhaps, are bothered what other people are doing, really, are they? Because you're just so busy doing it anyway. But it's sometimes... Who do you Twitter? Do you want to say? Hmm? Oh, that's the answer we like. Twittering Nikki Gumbel. That has got to be the best person to Twitter, hasn't it, really? Fantastic. The writer of Alpha. Anyway, so that's brilliant. I won't ask anybody else, but, but sometimes people like to Twitter celebs to see what they're doing, and I think they're probably doing quite boring things. Does Nikki Gumbel do interesting things? There you go. I'm very impressed. Good. Oh, that's lovely. Anyway, so what I find is that through prayer, I can be nosy for what God's doing. It can almost be like being on his Twitter, because he leaves messages each day, doesn't he? And, and I think it's brilliant being a Twitter friend with God. And in that song, it talks about, I will follow, I will follow. And, and really, that's what Twitter is, isn't it? People asking that um, you will follow them and follow what they're doing. And God wants us to be like a Twitter friend with him. Better say that carefully. God wants us to be a Twitter friend with him. 
So, I've said, haven't I? If we spend time with God, we will see his plans. We can be nosy for him because he shares his vision with those who actually care about what he's doing. It says in Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And we can't be that. We can't be pure in heart unless we give him time and, and let him get in our head and transform the inside of our head and, the, and everything about us. Ezekiel 36, 26 talks about how God can give us a new heart and put a new spirit in us. We actually need that transformed heart to really get engaged when we want to have that Twitter relationship with God. The interesting thing about celebrities is... And do you know what? If you stalked Nicky Gumble, he would not be impressed, would he, Lee? Don't think so. I'm in London today. Get the train. Do you know, I think the celebrities, they tell you what they're up to, but they don't really want you to follow them around, do they? Whereas God actually tells you what he's up to, and he says, come on, get involved, get in, interested, in, and be part of my plan. He wants us to be involved, and he wants us. He shares, that's the next picture, as he shares his vision with us. That's from last week. As he shares his vision with us, he actually wants us to be involved. He wants us to get on board with the vision. He wants us, he's not going to take out some kind of injunction upon us. He actually beckons us. Let's have the next one. There we go. He beckons us and he says, I want you to be involved. Should we have the next picture? There we go. Get involved with me, okay? I'm not going to take out an injunction if you stalk me. God wants us to stalk him. He wants us to get on board and to come close to him. One of the illustrations, and we are finally at our second reading, one of the illustrations of this is the story of Moses. How God said, this is what I'm going to do. Edna, where are you? Oh, that's lovely. Good. This is what I'm going to do. And Moses, get on board with it. Okay, let's have a reading about how God twittered Moses. Exodus chapter 3 and verses 1 to 10. Moses in the burning bush. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the miseries of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, 
a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So go now, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Moses heard the Twitter from God. What was God doing? God was saving people. God was taking people out of Egypt, out of slavery, into freedom, wasn't he? Moses said, brilliant, good on you, God. I've been praying for that. But then what happened? God said, you. I want you to be involved with this. I don't know if you've ever had that when you've been praying for something. Praying for junior church and saying, please, Lord, send more leaders. And then you get this poke and you get this beckon. Not saying that particularly, just anything. When you're praying, sometimes God will put on your heart something that he wants you to pray for. And then in sometimes, not always, but sometimes God will actually engage you into being part of the answer of that prayer. I think that when God gives you a call of your heart, very often he then expects you to not just pray, but also to act in other ways as well. God doesn't want us to be passengers in the kingdom of God. He wants us to get involved. He wants us to go into action. So prayer is about communication, about that relationship, about that iPod in your ear. Prayer is about involvement, getting on board with what God is twittering you about. And prayer is also about devotion. Prayer is about expressing to God how we feel about him. Now, I find this, or I have found this at times, quite difficult. Because it's quite difficult to praise if you don't kind of feel it. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you're there and everybody's saying, yeah, you're wonderful God, yeah, you're brilliant God. And I mean, either you're having a bad day and you don't actually feel that that's perhaps where you're at at the time, or if you haven't done your C and your I first, then you can't go to D. Can you really? Because if you've not communicated with God and you've not felt God touching you, Perhaps you don't have that place, that possibility of actually sharing that devotion, sharing that praise that God is worthy of. How do you feel about God? How do you feel about God? And how does that affect the way that you pray, the way that you praise? Sometimes it's difficult just to get started with this one, isn't it? You don't have to, like I said, be flowery in your words. You can just say, God, you are brilliant. You know, you can, that is praise, isn't it? You don't have to be, it says, doesn't it? Rachel Hickson told us that prayer that's simple is just as good as flowery words. So if you have in your heart that kind of response of thanksgiving and that sense of praise and, and saying, God, you are amazing, don't forget that, okay? Don't forget the D, the devotion. I want to give you one example, short reading this time, so I'm doing it, from 2 Chronicles 5, and it says what happens when people do this D of the CID, when they devote themselves to God and when they praise him. All the Levites who were musicians, Asaph, Hermon, Jeduthun, and their sons and relatives, stood at the east side of the altar, this is when the temple was built dressed in fine linen and playing cymbals, harps and lyres. They're accompanied by 120 priests sounding trumpets. Must have been an interesting sound. The trumpeters and musicians joined in unison. But the most important part of this is they joined in unison 
to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Now, that may not be the way that you give praise to God, playing the trumpet. It may be an entirely different way, but that's what they did, and that's how they expressed their love for God. Must have been a pretty amazing sound in that temple. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, the singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good. His love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud of the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. Did you see what happened there? People praised and God turned up. That's one reason, apart from the fact that we appreciate all that he does for us and who he is, well, that's one reason why we praise as well. Because we hear, in the Bible it says, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. If you come to church, if you worship God, if you praise God, however you want to express that, God does inhabit the praises of his people. He will turn up. Now, it might be in an amazing way and bring clouds. We don't perhaps want the clouds with rain, but this is a cloud of the presence of the heaviness of God in the temple. That's not always how he does it. He does it in different ways for different people at different times. But have you ever been there when God's turned up personally for you or you've seen him really touching other people? I know I have. Put your hand up if you have. No, no, don't do that. But I know I'm Lynn's nodding away. But basically there are people here who really felt the, the kind of powerful presence on occasion like that. And do ask them about that. But also, I think most of us have been in a place when God's touched us perhaps in this more gentle way. That kind of, you know what I mean when it's a kind of touch of God. And it can be anywhere. It doesn't have to be an amazingly big meeting. It can just be. I've been over at Lim, you know, little church, not many people, when the real power, and especially on a Tuesday night with the wave, real sense of the presence and the power of God. It doesn't have to be big numbers. God does turn up when you praise him. So then, what happens when we praise God and when he turns up? Maybe we have that closeness and we feel his touch for whatever we need in our lives. And maybe, let's have the next picture, to finish with, Maybe you feel kind of, I know I've had this myself, maybe you feel kind of almost like God anointing you with like, that's not God, that's somebody's human thumb. But, but sometimes when you pray, I know I've, I've had it, my mum's had it, where you feel almost like oil kind of going down you and just that, that real touch and the, the presence of God when you've just been there and done nothing very much apart from ask God to touch and bless you. I'd like to say today, that when you pray, I pray that you will more and more feel that presence of God, that you will know that God is with you. I know those words of that children's song might seem to be a little bit twee, really, but I'm going to say my prayers and know that God is always with me. And I pray that that may be your resolution, that may be your plan, that you want to Twitter God, that you want to have God right inside your head. So that he can involve you and draw you closer to him so that you can be one of his kingdom building people wherever you're at. So just pray just for a moment and then we'll lead into worship. We thank you, Lord, that you are out there, but also you're in here that you're working in your world, but also, Lord, you're working in our lives. 
And Lord, we pray for your Holy Spirit to really impact the community outside and also impact this church. We also pray for your Holy Spirit to come into our lives, into our minds, that we may be renewed by the transforming of our minds through your Holy Spirit being with us, leading with us. But also we pray, Lord, that we may have that oil of anointing, that oil of blessing, so that we truly know that you are our awesome God, worthy of praise whatever our circumstances.